How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wolfric Snaptrap uses stronger words. So do we. This has been your Obscenity Warning. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're recapping magic steps. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's kick off our Sunday shoes. Let's prove our families wrong. Let's get loose. Footloose. It's like footloose with murder. This is a recap episode. So it's going to run a little different than our usual episodes. We're going to talk about the book as a whole. So my first question for everyone is, what is your biggest takeaway from this book? Don't eat cake. Cake is best. It's not footloose. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it could have been. Too much murder. Way too much murder. Way too much murder. So I'm going to stick with my tradition of trying to reference as many other pieces of literature as possible in this podcast. (laughs) When I was rather young, I started reading Little Women, which I never finished, but there's a part in Little Women that always sticks with me. Joe gets mad at Amy, and I don't even remember what Amy does, just know Joe gets really pissed off at her. Mrs. March wisely tells Joe, do not let the sun go down on your anger. The thing that really stands out to me about Magic Steps is basically that line of don't let the sun go down on your anger. Revenge is bad, y'all. So much could have been avoided if these people were just like, it's okay. And I don't just mean like the the actual murderers. I mean like going back and back and back. This is this big ass family rivalry where people kill people over stepping in front of them at church literally the smallest like least innocuous thing possible 
Yeah. Like yeah. Oh, they stepped in front of me. Take a deep breath. Calm down. It's not a big deal. It's fine. Done. The point here is don't do what Indy does, which is internalize it. Use that rage and spite to further living. I think that's the main takeaway from this book is revenge is bad because a whole lot of stuff could have been avoided, like you said, if they would have just got over their differences instead of fucking murdering each other. And it's interesting to see how Sandry is put in a situation where she has to take three lives, but she doesn't yeah. do it out of anger. She doesn't do it because they hurt her student. She doesn't do it because of all the other people that they've killed, but she does it to protect the people around her. And she doesn't do it with any hate or malice. It's just these people are bad and they need to be stopped. And she does it. And obviously it hurts her, but she does it um, the least malicious way possible. I do feel like that's the main takeaway, but another one that you can take away from it is follow what is right like what what other people want from you isn't always what's best for you then we see that with like the whole thing is basically Bosco going I want to dance this is what feels right this is what's good for me and everybody's like no you can't make money doing that no you shouldn't do that no that's not what our family does and ultimately the thing that he wants to do turns out being so useful in the grand scheme of things. And if he hadn't had Sandry go, no, 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 we're going to do this, things would have ended very differently. Oh, uh, the, whole, the only thing that makes me sad about it is that, oh, now that it's useful, it's okay for you to do it. They should have been a- able to accept that he wanted to dance to begin with. Sure, it won't make him money, but does it make him happy? Yes. So let him fucking do the thing, not, not just because it's useful now. Well, I think, I mean, we talked about this a little bit when we talked about the epilogue. I think they're slowly learning this because, yeah. you know, they, they say, like, Granther says, well, it, it turns out that it is good for Harrier work, but Posco is still still tells him I'm not gonna stay here I'm going to go to the dancing school I'm going to learn how to dance and I think there is a very good chance that Posco won't be a harrier that Posco will do something else I agree but the only reason that his family lets him continue studying dance is because that they see the Fucking awesome like, word. like the potential uses. Yeah, the potential that it could be used for. Like, oh, this thing is useful. Let's let him learn, and maybe we could get something out of it later. I don't know. Or he can do something with it. It's useful now, so it's fine. And that's the only reason they let him go. Because if he would have been just dancing, just to be dancing, and not catching people... They would have never have let him go. Let him go, and it's just really sad. I hope eventually they get to the point where they are like, "Oh, well, you know what? Even if it's not useful, you can still dance if you want to." But I don't know if they ever will, and that makes me sad. 
I don't think they would ever get fully to that point because of the fact that he used it to ultimately catch the DNRs. Like, because ultimately that's what happened, I don't think it's ever going to just be, oh, dance because you want to. It's, you have a purpose now. Oh, I know it's definitely not going to ever be that way, and it never would have if... I, I don't know. They would have never got to that point. They still will never get to that point. But at least he gets to dance now, I guess, is the good part of yeah. it. But it's still sad that a parent won't let their child do something that they love, regardless of whether it makes them money or not. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, go ahead. I, I kind of had a different take on that. Um, I actually thought it was not good that they you know kind of only I, I feel like they saw that the only way that they'll be able to really like keep in touch with their child is to accept the fact that he is going to dance and either they can reluctantly accept that and still be a part of his life or he will just leave and do it on his own that's kind of the way I was kind of feeling it was going down, whether that's true or not, is is different. Maybe that's just you know. I don't know. I feel like he bias. would have really had the. Cho- He's only twelve years old. I don't think he would have had the choice at that age to be able to make that decision on his own. Maybe when he's a little bit older, yeah, but not at twelve. I don't. I wouldn't think. I think just the fact that he is a mage and that there is magic around and that he technically already has a teacher, whether or not the parents accept that, would probably give him the option or the opportunity to go find study somewhere else. And like I said, I, I kind of, maybe this is just me looking on the bright side, but I think his, his family is just like, accepting the fact that he's going to do something even if they're not a fan of it but they still want to be you know a, a part have him as a part of their lives so they're 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 allowing him to go ahead and do that because like i said the alternative would be just him leaving doing the thing anyway and yeah and then well, that I won't would just, talk to you anymore yeah it would just be resentment on on from him you know that makes sense I mean, I'm optimistic. I I feel like his family will get to a point where they accept him. Oh, but but in in what Goodwin was saying, I think if he had because he's a mage, if he had wanted to continue dancing and his parents had tried to stop him, I think he would have had legal grounds because he he's a mage. He needs training. Yeah, and I know that the temple would not want. He could have gone to Winding Circle and said, like, uh, my parents are telling me that I can't get training even though I need it because I have magic. But what if he would have been a mage and he just wanted to dance? He never would have got the chance. It's so sad. It's so sad. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for all the kids within this world that, and, and not our world, but like Tamara Pierce's world, that won't get the opportunity to do the things that they love because it won't make them money, and they need money. I mean, that's also in this world too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have a lot of, have a lot of people who are really good at something, 
or they're really passionate about something and oh well it's not going to make you money or you know oh you can't do that because that's not what we have planned for you um yeah I mean I guess maybe that's another takeaway for us like to help facilitate people's passions I want to remember that as my children get older because I'm sure it'll be harder once they get older become their own little people yeah minds of their own If you could change something about this book, what would you change? For me, I know that there's 11 books. And so I was expecting to have like shenanigans with all the four of them. Now that they had the first four books, like they had their like epic thing. I'm like, okay, these next four books are going to be just like small little adventures hanging out together it's gonna be fun and then when they get older like nine ninth tenth eleventh book that's when they start going their separate ways but no this book is when they're already going their separate ways i was so sad to not see everybody which this book was really fucking good but i want to see more stuff with all the four together and they're breaking apart and it makes me sad so that's what i would change more of the group together and then they can go their separate ways it's fine we just got them all together though just got them together for for my change i have actually been waiting for this since like very close to the beginning of when we started this podcast been waiting for this for like a year y'all um (laughs) uh so in pierce's tortal books in two of her series, she specifically deals with her character, her main characters going through puberty. Like there are entire chapters devoted to these girls getting their period, developing breasts, dealing with why is my body changing and I hate it. And it is fantastic. And it's one of the things that Pierce fans like talk about how much they love about Pierce. So I, if I could change something, I would put something in with Sandry dealing with puberty. And when I talk to people about this, they're usually like, oh, but like, it's obvious, right? Like Rose Thorn and Lark would have totally taken care of that. Yeah, they, they would have. That doesn't mean I don't want to read it. They all came together when they were 10. And you haven't necessarily like had your parents talk to you about puberty when, by the time you're 10. So uh, I'm thinking that Sandry's parents haven't because they're like all off in their own little world anyway. And then nobody cares enough about Tris to talk to her about it. Daja's like with all these women on the ship who are joking about stuff and just like very open. And so like she may not even have had to have like a direct talk. She just kind of knows because she's around this conversation all the time. So she gets it. Daja's also the oldest, or not the oldest, sorry. Daja's also like the biggest of the girls, which means she probably hits her period first. So she hits her period and she tells Lark and Rosethorn like at breakfast that she needs whatever the Emelon equivalent of pads and tampons are. And they're like, oh yes, like we can take care of that. To which 
Sandry and or Triss is like, what? And so then uh, they probably, they, they may shoo Briar out of the room to have the talk with Sandry and Triss. The best part about this though is they then realize that somebody has to have the puberty talk with Briar. See, I wanted the four, I wanted books more with them getting in the shenanigans together. That would have been so great to read. That would have been so awesome. I want that too. That would be amazing. You don't, you have four years that they, you, they don't have nothing going on. And just skip over it. Tara Pierce, we need three more books, three or four more books of just like them going through puberty stage. The circle goes through puberty quartet. Yes. So would for Briar, would it be Frostpine or Nico or Crane that has the puberty talk with him? Okay, but Frostpine. I was gonna say Frostpine's one who's more like there. Yeah. But I also see Rose Thorne being like, okay, look, this is what's happening. <laughs> because you, you you also have to take into account that Lark and Rose Thorne have dealt with many kids. That's true. Over the years. So I don't think it would just be, oh, well, we're just going to leave this for one of the guys. Because Frostpine and Briar aren't necessarily close, and Nico's never there. I just am picturing Nico like in the first book when he's hanging out with Briar and he's just like looking off into the distance, talking to him. I, I picture something like that with Nico where he's all just nervous. Something really and, like, awkward. I don't really want to talk about this, but I guess I have to. What I imagine is that. Rose Thorne brings this up while Frostpine and Nico are present. Like she talks to them and she's like, okay, somebody has to talk to Briar. Somebody has to give Briar the puberty talk. And the two of them are like, what? No, I can't do that. And after she makes them nervous for a little while, she's just like, I'm just fucking with you. I'm going to do it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see Crane give him the talk. Oh, God. Oh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> Briar would that, be like, this is probably a prank. It's <laughs> a joke. Neither uh, of them would be okay with that conversation. Yeah, I need these I think, books now. It sounds so amazing. Yeah, That's no, so I, good. I, I genuinely see Rose Thorne uh, like Lark contending with the girls. That's the thing. I see Lark contending with the girls and like Rose Thorne kind of you know being there too but Rose Thorne's like nope boys easier <laughs> yeah well see what could happen is like in that in that like breakfast discussion where Daja mentions this and Sandry and Teresa like I have no idea what you're talking about uh Rose Thorne grabs Briar and she's like come my lad <laughs> and then she yeah, gets, I, she's not gonna beat around the bush or anything she's just gonna be like this, 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 and Brian's gonna be like, oh, um, okay. All right. Uh... <laughs> All right. Um, okay. All right. Especially because I think that if 
Lark and Rosethorn had tried to shoo Briar out of the room to give the talk to the girls. Like, he they would feel listen like, this isn't going to work. The kids all talk to each other in their heads. Her, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having him leave is not going to do shit. So yeah. instead, Rosethorn's just going to be like, okay, come with me. We're going to my workshop. I'm going to give you the pu- puberty talk while Lark can talk to the girls. I don't know. I feel like they would keep Briar in the room and let him hear about all the girl stuff and he's gonna halfway through he's gonna be like I don't want to hear this I'm leaving (laughs) do not try to mind speak with me I don't want to know this uh I think I would probably change um the fact that the uh row cats are all like wearing turbans yeah like just some I I know this is kind of pre or post 9-11 we determined it was pre nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, but there, but was, still... there was still a lot of uh, prejudice with the Middle Eastern people, especially with Muslims. Yeah, so and... that was going on. Yeah, so it was during a time. This was written during a time where there was still a lot of tension, like with the Middle East. It was after the first Gulf War, not you know before the second one, but you know. Not not to excuse the, the the writing, but I can see why that might be in someone's head at the time. Um, yeah, I'll probably change that. You know, they don't have to be they don't have to be wearing uh, turbans. Another thing that I would change. Well, this kind of goes. I think yeah, you were talking about it, Brittany. Um, you know that we want all the kids to be together now and getting into shenanigans. Yeah. Um, I kind of thought that at first too, but like I think the payoff is going to be better. I think on. so too, but I still want shenanigans and yeah. and the puberty would be great too. Like yeah. them going through puberty, I think that would be a great addition. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Who's your favorite new character? We got to meet a lot of new characters. I really liked Wolfric Snaptrap, even though he didn't stay in the book the whole time. I was very saddened when he died. I really liked him. He was a mood. Like, oh, you're not going to eat that? I'm going to eat that. And he was just weird as fuck. And he was great. And I was very sad to see him die. I was going to say the same thing. I... I came up with this question and I was like, I don't know how to answer it because I love Pasco and Yasmin and Wolfric all. They're fantastic, every last one of them. So how do I pick just one? But I think if somebody made me, I would probably pick Wolfric because I just like, yeah, I he's a mood. He's like, he's almost like a force of nature. He really is. Like he, he's he that like chaotic, but still like successful, <laughs> like knowledgeable, but also still crazy, like dude. He's like, like everything I want to be, aside from dead. But, yeah, besides that. <laughs> and then I just really liked Yasmin because she brought a whole lot of light in the darkness. She really I feel like if she wouldn't have been in this story there would have probably been no like lightness in the story at all she like, she brought in a lot of levity for sure yes her and posco both i feel like i don't know how like because this is this dark story with these murders and it's like i don't know how how i don't i don't think that this story could have been written without them I mean, regardless of their, like, place in the plot line, just all of the hilarious banter that comes from them interacting literally with anybody is fantastic. And then the little romance was super cute, too. Like, ah, they're so cute. But yeah, if I had to pick one, it would definitely be Wolfric. I love him so much. Wolfric is the best, though. Wolfric is fucking great and has a fantastic name. Wolfric Snaptrap. I still think it's goofy as fuck, as fuck but he's he's chill. I agree, but it fits him. It does. It's yeah. a perfect name for him. It, it's so goofy, but it really works for his character. I mean, he's a goofy man, so... <laughs> goofy man. And... To be honest, it, 
it, it, his his name did the thing that video games do pretty often, like the narrative driven like single player games where you get along the story and then like the name of the last chapter or something is the title of the game. Yeah. Like The Last of Us or like um I literally had like three examples, but I forgot to write them down. But oh, like the, the the name of the game is like the last chapter, and you're like, oh, that's hype, you know? Oh, the entire story, the name of the game, it's it's all it all links together. And then when, when Sandry says, you know, we're gonna snap the trap on these dudes, I was like, oh fuck, she did the thing with the name. It okay. Was, uh, cool. Like talking about we haven't seen we haven't seen the snap trap yet uh and then we're joking about oh well maybe you know he's gonna he's gonna cut it he's gonna make a trap he's gonna put a little bit of dragon salt in the middle and that's how he's gonna catch everybody and then that was exactly what happened and then we're like no that's too stupid to work that that would be way too simple and that's exactly what works i think i'm the one that said it i was like that's way too goofy to fucking work but yeah Sure here, we are. Yeah, showed, here we showed, are that's exactly what they fucking did showed showed me wrong but it wasn't wolfric which makes me sad hmm. but it was what they did it was what they did do you want to talk about uh your your boy anymore indy because i know how much you love Tosco. i love him so much though he is my son and i would murder a man for him he's an annoying little shit I love my son and I would murder a man for him that does not mean that he's any less annoying oh my goodness he drives that I love him he drives me crazy wanted to pull a good one and go fight 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 (laughs) we need to argue about about somebody other than Kirel I I, I love Posco but oh my the boy is annoying as hell Okay, look. Just because I, mean, he's 12, I lo- so of course he is. Look, yeah. I nobody loves and appreciates him in his family, which means I have to love and appreciate him because his family sucks. And like listen, I've said this about many people and especially many fictional characters, they are my children. I am taking custody of them now. Their parents no longer have any rights to them. They're mine. I love them. They can all fuck off. That's then, how I feel about Posco. Then, then again, he is 12, <laughs> so he has a right to He's be He's 12. Annoyed. He's only 12. He's a 12-year-old little boy. I remember being a 12-year-old little boy once. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Uh, for me, it was really a toss-up between Yasmin and Wolfric. Like they're they're both really good characters, and, and they're both different from other characters we've had. Yeah, which is a nice change of pace because it's just more people to interact with in different ways. Like I would have. <sighs> the it, the most fun I had like in in this book uh was interactions between Posco and Yasmin that was hands down for me the funniest shit and uh it was great because I wasn't expecting Yasmin to do like that much in 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 the story because she comes in kind of late um but she's great 
she's 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 like clearly very serious with um with Pasco and Pasco has kind of been used to that but it's it's for something that he appreciates so it it, it makes the whole interaction a bit different from like the essentially the bullying he's had from his family like he he's 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 being worked hard but it's towards something that he wants and that uh felt like really fulfilling writing to me yeah so uh i think i think i think i like yasmin the best i do, i also cite like related to this is you see the difference in how Pasco reacts to being pushed by his family versus being pushed by Yasmin and how you can be held to a really high standard and it sucks and it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort but if you love to do it it's rewarding but if you don't like it it's not rewarding this is this just goes back to the whole idea of what's right for you might not be what everybody else says is right for you i feel like we get that with wolfric too to be honest i mean in a different way but he is so um what's the he's so supportive of sandry and she's 14 but he's like yeah you can you can be solving crimes even though you're 14 you have things to contribute um so i i think again just a lot in this book kind of shows us i don't know i guess the appropriate and inappropriate ways for adults to behave towards young people What what do you hope to see? What do you hope to see in the future, or what would you like to know more about? I definitely want to see where the other kids are at. What are they doing? What are they up to? Where are they? Yes. What are they learning? Well, I have good news for you. There, it's probably going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I I imagined it would, but that's that's it. Like I I can wait for them to like meet up until later. But I do want to know what they're up to, for sure. What about you, Andy? Is there anything? I'm stuffing my face. Um, yeah, I see the same thing. I figure that's what's going to happen. I feel like that's what all four of these books are going to be, is each kid meeting some kid that needs, or somebody, some mage that needs their help. And they're going to do crazy shit with those dead people. Hopefully there's not a shit ton of murder in the next book. Because, uh... I don't know if I can handle a bunch of murder again. Especially if there's murdering <laughs> children again. But uh, it's called street magic. So they're going to be running the streets, I'm sure. And I'm sure there will probably be some, murder, some more murder. So, But I'm hoping there's not. We'll see. We'll find out. I'm just going to do my traditional eyebrow. And I'm just going to avoid eye contact and grin. <laughs> Brittany and Goodwin start talking about the next book me and Indy just shut off our cameras immediately so this book was Magical Footloose the next book 
is going to be magical Aladdin, which Aladdin is pretty magical. So just Aladdin. It's going to be Aladdin. That's my prediction for the next book. You haven't, you haven't gotten the words yet, so you can't. Well, make I'm making that. a pre-prediction. Okay, it's gonna. I be love Aladdin. it. I love it. Let it happen. Prediction. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it, Andy. Let it happen. We should not be arguing. I'm just, I'm just saying she hasn't even gotten the words yet. So like, I know it's gonna be in the streets because it's called street magic. So it's gonna be Aladdin. I'm telling you, that's exactly what it's gonna be. Uh, just like this one was put loose with magic and and murder. <laughs> this and one murder. Could be Aladdin. Are you saying with more magic and murder or just Aladdin? Mm, well, Aladdin already has magic in it. And murder. Uh, and murder. Uh, and murder. Yes. Hopefully, just a little bit of murder, just like the Aladdin Disney movie, just like that one, just a little bit of murder, not a whole bunch of murder. I, I would be all for less infanticide in the next book. That'd be great. Yes, same. Hold on. Absolute wait, same. Wait, wait, wait. wait. It'd be really be... cool if a genie shows up, but I doubt that'll happen. Can it Can it be like, uh, what? what is it, the, the third Aladdin movie where you get to meet Aladdin's dad? Isn't it the third one where you meet? There Aladdin's was a dad? third Aladdin movie. Yeah, what the three, fuck? Yeah. What? Yeah. Because okay, so there's there's the Aladdin everybody knows, and then right. yeah, the second one is Jafar returns, and then the third one is Prince of Thieves or, or yeah, something like something that. Like that. Yeah, which means and the third one is Aladdin. the one where we meet Aladdin's dad. Yeah. So it. it like I, I, I'm just now picturing this book to be like. So we're gonna meet Briar's dad. <laughs> oh, what if we meet like that street king guy he like worked for? Ooh, yeah. The thief lord. Thief the lord. Thief that's lord, street yeah. street king thief lord. I mean, because that's same. that was basically his dad, right? So we'll we'll Kinda meet like his a, yeah his thief boss. lord person. Honestly, just I want. To see more cute shit between Yasmin and the Duke. That is exactly what I was gonna say. That's that's what I want more of. Like, I just I just want to see cute shit with them. We need more cute shit in our lives. We really do, you know. Absolutely. Like, there was so much murder in this one. I feel like we just need some some cute shit to level it out. All right. So the next question is for Indy and I. How was reading this book different this time around than previous reads? I'm going to say it was a lot more entertaining. <laughs> because, okay, so... It's not necessarily that I forgot um, that the mage was like 12, but it's also one of those, I, I, my brain happily glossed over that as I was reading until a certain point, but watching Brittany and Goodwin's reaction in real time was just made this made this read a lot more entertaining i'm glad we could be entertainment for you i guess <laughs> i'm glad i'm i'm 100 percent glad <laughs> that's what he's here for 
Um, for me, uh, I just forgot how much I enjoyed this book. Like, it's been Same. a while since I read this one, and I think especially coming off of Breyer's book and coming out of 2020 all at the same time, um, just, this is going to sound bizarre considering the level of murder in this, but the levity, the absolute levity and joy in this story was just so much fun. And like the, the other books, as we've been doing this, um, I've been, I've mostly been reading chapter by chapter. I mean, I've read them before, but I have been more or less just reading each chapter as we go. It was really hard to put this book down. Like, That's why I ended up finishing all the, the last three chapters. I know I've been saying I'm going to go chapter by chapter, which I mostly did, but I ended up reading the last three chapters because I had to know what happened. I genuinely forgot how much fun this book is. Yeah. Because, I mean, with the original quartet, is it's it's not all gloom, doom, and serious, but it's heavy. All of them are heavy. There's murder in this one and everything but at the same time is it's fun we get to meet so many fun characters and just i i I also forgot how much fun this book is i mean there are even parts where like even in the dangerous like you know like when alzina is trying to get into the uh into the center (laughs) of the castle just and she's thwarted. Yeah, she this fence. this uh, this trained assassin who's killed two guys like in public, basically. That um, we've seen, just that, that we've, we've seen. seen. Yeah, so far she's killed two people at least. She has the power because of the mage that she's working with to be completely invisible, <laughs> and I think it like a, a fucking fence. <laughs> Not, not even the people guarding the fence. Just the physical, actual fence. Hilarious. It's great. God, this book was so much fun. And for me, this just kind of also proves that Pierce has such a good writing style. Even so, I'm I'm always kind of a firm believer of like your first two books in a series is your author kind of figuring it out like getting to know the characters getting to know the setting getting to know this is the readers getting to know and the writer getting to know and after a certain point the writer's just oh like here we go and like I feel like Pierce really hit I I think Pierce really hit a good point when we got to Dodge's book. She really got into her own and she like really settled into the world and like, but there was still a story to tell. Like if that, if it makes sense, like there was still a story of these four kids to tell. And then when she got to this book she's just like oh I don't have to focus on the same four kids let's just go fucking ham (laughs) and it was just 
it, it it's one of those like because we do see a little bit more world building but it's also a lot of tying in with the groundwork that she laid in the first quartet yeah so like there's not so much just explanation and exposition of world building it's stuff we already know and it's a new story with new characters and it's just fun she just gets to go ham and I love it it's kind of it's kind of giving her and us all a chance to sort of explore the world I also realized there's another thing that I forgot to mention in the last section about uh what I want to see more of which is Comus Lark's new student I just Anything with him, he's adorable, and I love him. He's precious, poor kid. <laughs> poor kid. Just so shy. I guess that brings us to everyone's favorite part of this episode. Oh, God. Yes. Predictions! At least it's mine and Molly's favorite part. I like it too. <laughs> I, I like it because of your guys' reactions. That's, that's... I'm gonna go ahead and mute myself because I'm gonna <laughs> laugh too much. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna send you LOLOL in a stream in the private chat because um, I've already started. Um, <laughs> uh. So yeah, this is the part where I give Brittany and Goodwin three words about the next book, and they try to figure out what's going to happen. All right, give me the words. All right, ready? This time, your words are three plural nouns. Gangs, stones, and cats. So, like I said, it's going to be Aladdin, <laughs> specifically the third one, I guess. That That's part of the gang there. Stones, I'm not sure how that fits into Aladdin. But cat, instead of a boo, it's going to be a cat instead of a monkey. So, I'm not sure about stones. So, so is Aladdin going to be somebody's new student? No, Briar is going to be Aladdin. Okay. Briar is Aladdin. Oh, because we're meeting Briar's father. That's right. Yes, we're meeting Briar's father. Well, the thief lord. So. Uh, So, so where is this cat going to come from? The cat Abu. Um, He's obviously going to be just a random street cat. And he just befriends this street cat. So it's going to be like a mashup of Aristocats and uh, Aladdin. He's he's gonna it's gonna be Thomas O'Malley hanging out with him. I'm so down for this. Yeah. <laughs> I I still don't know where stones come into it. Uh, may, the murder that's gonna happen is somebody's gonna be stoned to death. Mm. That's my prediction. Uh, 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 Aladdin and Aristocats mashup. Except all the other cats, just Thomas O'Malley, before he meets the other cats. So it's an aristocrat, it's an aristocrat's prequel. Yes. Yes. Just the journey of Thomas O'Malley hanging out with Aladdin. I dig. Yeah. Anyway, Goodwin, what's your prediction? 
my yeah. prediction is that this is just going to be like an off-Broadway production of Cats, where like instead of just being like you know, yeah, you know, they're all Jellicle cats, but like Jellicle is the gang name. This gang of cats are going to be fighting another gang of cats over a bunch of shiny rocks. That's maybe it's not just like shiny rocks. Maybe it's actually like crack or gems, stones, or multiple rock types. I, I, I don't know. I'm working with what I got. I don't know. I don't know how Briar's involved in this. Maybe he's trying to negotiate between the cat gangs, but that's that's what I that's what I got. He's the mediator between the cats. Yeah, I mean the meow diator. (laughs) Yeah. All right, I'm done. Later, guys. Well, are you going to stick around for our excerpt from the first chapter of Street Magic? Yeah, I guess I could. I'm just embarrassed. Since this is a recap episode, we're going to end it with an excerpt from the first chapter of our next book, which is Street Magic. So this is an excerpt from chapter one of Street Magic. Six weeks after their arrival, Briar at least had finished his work. The Water Temple now had a store of powerful medicines and herbal ingredients that would hold them for a year if they were careful. Two, if they were careful. After weeks of intense magical labor, Briar decided he owed himself a treat. He approached the giant enclosed arcades that held the sooks or markets of Golden House and the Grand Bazaar with his hands in his pockets, whistling. He looked like many local males in in his linen shirt, baggy trousers made from lightweight wool and boots. His golden brown skin was vivid against the cream-colored linen. He wore no turban or hat as the Tremuri men and boys did, but left his black coarse-cut hair uncovered. His thin bladed nose might have come from any family native to the area. Even his gray-green eyes could have come of a match between a local and a passing merchant. Races mingled here every bit as freely as they did in Briar's former homes of Hajra and Summersea. His destination was Golden House. He'd been in and out of the Grand Bazaar for weeks buying oils, dried imported herbs, cloths for bags and jars, all of his work at the water temple. Shopping there had given him a chance to look over the big and lesser specialty markets of the bazaar. It wasn't until he tried to arrange for a day a booth for a day and a booth from which to sell his miniature trees that he learned of Golden House. That was the place for him, the men who sold booth spaces had explained. In Golden House, buyers found mages and magical supplies precious metals, rare woods like ebony and sandalwood, jewelry, and precious and semi-precious stones. Briar's miniature trees, which were not only works of art, but were also shaped to draw particular magical influences to a home belonged in Golden House. By the time Briar had made arrangements for a stall there, he'd had to rush to be home for supper. Today, he wanted a good look at Shimmer's wealthiest marketplace. As he approached the two muscular guards at the door, he smiled impishly at them. They stirred, wary. He knew he looked like a student, perhaps, or even a merchant's son, in clothes that were very well made by his friends in Summersea. He was even wearing boots. The guards had no real reason to bar him from entering, no matter how loudly their instincts might shout that he had the air of a thief. Hands, one of them said when Briar would have strolled by. He held them out, palm down, and sighed. 
The guard who had spoken looked for jailhouse tattoos and saw a riot of leafy vines that went from under Briar's nails up to his wrists. The guard blinked, looked into Briar's eyes, looked at his hands again, and nudged his partner. The other man looked at Briar's hands, blinked, met the boy's eyes, then stared at those vines again. Briar was used to it. At one time, he had indeed had prison tattoos, a black ink etched on the web of skin between the thumb and forefinger of each hand. In most countries, they marked two arrests and convictions for theft. When Briar turned 13, he'd gotten tired of being turned away from places or being followed in them. Without consulting Rosethorn, he'd brewed some vegetable dyes and borrowed his friend Sandry's best needles. His plan had been to create a flowering vine tattoo to blot out the telltale X's. He had not realized that vegetable dyes exposed to his green magic might not stay under his control. The final colorful result blotted out the jailhouse tattoos as surely as if those crude black X's had never existed. The new designs also made Briar's hands into miniature, often changing gardens that were far more conspicuous than his old tattoos. Hey, they moved and they're moving under the fingernails, one guard exclaimed, pointing. He looked at Briar. Don't that hurt? No, Briar said patiently, used to the reaction and the comment. But my arms do when I have to keep holding them out like this. Both guards scowled and waved him into the sook. Briar tucked his gaudy hands in his pockets and wandered into the main aisle. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or tell us what you think by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. Find all of our episodes at readingcircletemple.com and find more sound clips by following the Reading Circle Temple on SoundCloud. Never miss a post by following Reading Circle on Tumblr. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Facebook and join the Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. See our cats by following Reading Circle Temple on Instagram. Or you can tweet at us at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. If you like their art, follow Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our music. Find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. Let me pose this, though. (laughs) Okay. Briar is a street rat, basically. Mm -hmm. He has been raised on thieving and basically your low lives. I don't like that term, but that's the only one that's coming to brain. But you have to imagine that there are not only thieves and, like, people peddling stuff, like, illegally, but you also have to imagine they're sex workers. And so the the idea that Briar doesn't already have kind of a clue. I think he already does because then it mentioned something about, like, how when he first got with Nico, he's like, this old man just bought me because he wants me to be a plaything for him. Yeah. So, also, like, we, we mentioned in Briar's book when it talks about his mom, 
uh, it kind of implies that she was a sex worker. Yeah. So, like, the uh, the idea that Briar has no clue what's going on is kind of disingenuous to his character, I feel. I feel like he has an idea, but I feel like the idea he doesn't that he know. has is not... He probably thinks it's one way and then, like, finds out... And Rose Thorne tells him and he's gonna... No, that's not what happens. This is what happens. This is what I, I also like on the street. That's true. Something else, something else I see. Is that he would know more about women and their cycles than he does men. I can see that also. Because again, in that kind of looking at that kind of lifestyle in comparison to our own, the primary sex workers are women. And so like imagining being around all of that, you would get a lot more of, you know, oh, you know, periods are this, oh, this is what happens, like this, that, and the other. So he would have more of an idea of what's going on with the girls than he would his own body. Yeah. Like, I I, I mean, this is just, now granted, this is all just me kind of being like, yeah, this is a headcanon because that's kind of how the... I don't know of a good way to phrase it because like you're mostly like because I I don't want to say lower end because that's kind of saying that there's something wrong with them and that's not sex work is good work as long as you aren't in a not safe situation because that's how you get serial killers um like that it's it's kind of a proven point of like sex workers and they they tend to be the biggest targets for serial killers so low prestige yes um but in that kind of circle you you'd imagine those would be your your (coughs) men in that kind of setting would be more of your thief lords your you know for lack of a better word pimps your stuff like that they would all be not getting their hands dirty but they're all around each other so it just would make sense to me that he would that Briar would kind of know more of the women's side of it especially seeing as you have to also look at the other kids that he was raised with someone's got to have the talk with them whenever they hit puberty it's true and though that would 
typically be your women who are in that kind of situation and in the same areas. So I just like the idea that Briar has absolutely no idea. <laughs> but like girl the girls are like, oh I don't understand. And Briar's like, oh I get it. Okay. Uh this is this is awkward and I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like for similar reasons, there's a good chance that Sandry would already know a lot too. Like her parents are doing their own thing, but that means like she's learning on her own. She's hanging out with the poor kids and like her mom probably doesn't sit down and have the talk, but she might talk about this stuff and Sandry's nurse might talk to her about it. Uh, and then, like I said, even if nobody directly talks to Tris, there's a decent chance that she ends up reading about it at some point. So maybe they all know all about this before going in, but or at least have some notion. I, I would I would imagine that they have an idea, but I don't think that they would know specifics. So oh. Anybody else? Things that you'd change about this book? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.